Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today, we have a great show with Dr. Jenna Hua, and she's going to be talking about hormone-disrupting chemicals and how to do uh, at-home tests for endocrine-disrupting chemicals and how they affect your hormones as well. And we talk about the issues with fertility. Um, we, we talk about the issues with uh, sperm quality these days and why one in four to eight couples are having issues with conception and, and fertility. And we'll talk about, um, you know, where we commonly find these endocrine disrupting chemicals, exactly how they're affecting our thyroid hormones, our stress hormones, our sex hormones, like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and, and what this is doing to our bodies, how it's contributing to the obesity epidemic, uh, resistant weight loss, your mood, your ability to sleep has this huge cascade domino effect on our health. And we've got to start doing something about it. So uh, Dr. Wall goes, goes, you know, uh, goes over how we can take back control of our hormones on today's podcast. And I know you guys listening, you're concerned about heavy metal and chemical toxicity. And so I designed a quiz you can take to, you know, kind of discern your relative body burden of toxins. You can take it at heavymetalsquiz.com. And this is a great way to kind of look at, you know, what your body burden of toxins are in general and get a free video series about how to detox your body. So take it out. It takes one minute at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today is uh, an environmental health scientist and dietitian by training. Uh, Jenna is passionate about the environment, public health, and everything food, and she's been frustrated by the lack of data for how harmful chemicals like BPA, phthalates, and parabens are from plastics and everyday products and how they affect our health and clinical outcomes, and the absence of personalized approaches to mitigate harmful chemical exposures. And so Jenna is set out on a mission to change these issues. And from there, she founded Million Marker. It's a health tech startup dedicated to empower everyone with the data and the tools to determine how the products they use, the food they eat, and the water they drink negatively or positively influences their health. Million Marker helps people understand what chemicals are inside them and then provides simple solutions for quickly reducing harmful chemicals through mail-in test kits, lifestyle audits, product recommendations, and counseling. And their mission is to get 1 million people to take their test, uh, building the first ever database on how environmental exposures like microplastics impact our bodies. And starting with a few markers of harmful exposures, their vision is to discover over 1 million markers to inform and improve individual health and advance precision medicine. You can learn more about Million Marker and their testing for endocrine disrupting chemicals at millionmarker.com. Jenna, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. I'm very excited. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and, you know, starting the, you know, million marker company and, and like, how did your fertility story prompt you to get into, uh, you know, chemical testing and hormone uh, disruptor testing? Yeah. How I got started partially because you eluded it, my fertility journey and partially because my professional career. So I was, I was trained as a dietitian and uh, working as an RD in the hospital Nobody listens to me. <laughs> um, I felt there's such a lack of personalized approach and actually spending time with patients, educating them about 
the knowledge of nutrition, environmental health, and there was just such a lack. We, when I was the RD, I was I would have spent fifteen minutes consulting patient. I would spend one hour charting. You can't change someone's behavior in fifteen minutes. That's just not possible. So that prompted me to go back to school and study the environmental health because I thought if we can actually change the environment, then I don't have to tell people what to do. They will just be forced to change.、Um, then I realized that that's kind of a a long shot、uh, because to change the environment, we have to change our policy. To change policy, our policy literally move at glacial speed. It's just really hard, and we have no personalized approach because given you and I have the same environmental exposures. Um, if we have different genes, we would respond very differently internally, and we have no data to really or no at the time when I started. We don't really have tools to let us know what's our personalized approach. How does my body versus your body respond to environmental exposures, and so we can do something about it. So I felt there's a lack of、uh, tools for us to understand, and there's also lack of data in terms of research. Because we have been studying environmental exposures one at a time. If you think about it, you know we have a ton of research on BPA. We have a ton of research, say, on air pollution. But we actually get bombarded with multiple exposures all at once. So, but we have no idea how, like, how do these exposures interact with each other? How does these exposures, like, you know,、uh, interact with our genes and causing disease? So we have no data. So that's on like my professional quest. It's like, okay, can we have the? Can we build a data set? Can we have the tools to really push the science forward, but also giving people personalized tools to address these issues, especially for prevention purposes. Not until we get sick, then we started addressing these issues. So that's on the professional side. On the personal side, I had a lot of fertility struggle myself.、Um, After four late stage miscarriages, the doctor just telling me good luck next time.、Um, there, I had no family history. I've done any kind of testing that's possible, and there was no solution. So、um, that kind of prompted me to start thinking about: okay, could it be some environmental triggers? Could it be this? Could it be that? But when I went to the doctor to ask, if, can I actually do environmental? Toxin environmental exposure test to help figure out could this be the potential cause? The answer was like no. the The routine test we do is heavy metal. That you also even when you want to do heavy metal, you have to specifically ask for it. It's not even a routine check, which is really crazy to me because we have literally decades of research showing chemicals and environmental exposure impact fertility, impact health. Yeah, and they only test lead and mercury and cadmium、yep. arsenic, and that's it. What about all the other、yep. ones? Yep. So nobody is really addressing this issue. So that's really just mind-boggling to me.、Um, so after I finished my postdoc, I just figured since nobody's reading my paper anyway, I should do something more impactful.、Um, that's how I started at Million Marker. Yeah. And so, what are you doing exactly at, at Million Marker? So at Million Marker, we're trying to. Our first product is、um, is a mailing, a direct to consumer mailing urine test that allows people to understand their、um, common hormone disruptor chemicals exposures. We test for thirteen chemical metabolites, includes、uh, BPA, BPA alternatives, phthalates,、uh, parabens, as well as oxybenzone. So these all the all of these are are common plasticizer chemicals and common. Chemicals you would find in personal care products, household products, and that's something people can, you know, if you know 
what your exposure levels are, you can readily ex uh, reduce these exposures and eliminate from your body. Um, that's our goal is to educate people, educate people through, you know, counseling, education, as well as, you know, personalized testing. So we can have this personalized approach to figure out, okay, where are your potential exposure sources and what can you do to reduce these exposures? Yeah, it's nice to always get like a baseline, uh, do testing mm -hmm. where you're getting a baseline and then you can make changes and then see where you mm -hmm. are and do some detoxification or yep. improve your, what you're using for your personal care products or your cleaning products or what have you, and then do some testing again to see where you're at again. And so I encourage people to do this. Uh, as your own kind of like N equals one, your own personal uh, experiment, but also to really focus in on, you know, it, it's a reality check where you have all these different chemicals and then you kind of see, oh, maybe I need to make some major changes here because I've got mm -hmm. all this of my body and you're testing, you know, 13 things, but there's, that's, you know, a good representation of the, probably the most common ones. We have like a hundred thousand, yep. a hundred thousand, yep. but you, it's impossible. There's no testing. Uh, for for these things, there's very few companies testing uh, for chemicals right now. Yes, and then a lot of these chemicals are often commonly occur at the same time. So if you have a snap, at least minimally, if you have a snapshot of what your toxin levels, your body burdens are, then you can start making changes because they have common sources and they are commonly used together. Yeah, and so what are some of these uh, common sources where people are being exposed to these 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 chemicals that you mentioned? Diet and products are the two biggest sources. So if you think about it, if you consume a lot of packaged food or canned food, you would definitely have both BPN and phthalate exposure, including paraben exposure too. And many times it's just one, it's hard to avoid because everything, most of the things are packaged in plastic and they leach. So common things we people want to detox the number one thing we want people to do is uh, is uh, to avoid packaged food um, trying to do as much home cooked meal as possible if you can please shop for organic um, frozen is also uh, organic frozen is also a good option if you're on a budget um, and just limit going out eating out yeah and so what are some of the problems with eating out Eating out, there are so many things you can't control. Uh, one is- I mean, this is this actually, is like a whole right? podcast. Yeah, it's a whole podcast. <laughs> actually, I needed like a whole podcast on this. What's the problem with eating out? But sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> problem with eating out is you can't control the food sources, right? You don't really know what they're, what they're putting in the food. Um, and there are a lot of additives. If there are ready, ready to eat food, there's more preservatives and then there's more chemicals putting in it. And even just like, even if you use good sources, you still don't really know what people cooked the food with. So they could be using a scratched up Teflon pens, right? Like you would, then you would get PFAS exposure. And that's also a whole different topic because right now we test for more transient chemicals, meaning they can actually, if you eliminate the sources, you can actually get rid of them. Your body will actually get rid of them. But for PFAS, for these forever chemicals, your, your body can't get rid of them for a long, long, long time. So you definitely want to stay away as much as possible. So eating out, there's no way of knowing what they're cooking with. Oh, did they put actually say a hot soup or hot sauce in a plastic can or container? And then by doing that, you would have all these plastic chemical leaching in it. And then one other thing is in restaurant, many times a chef or cooks use uh, gloves before preparing your food. And there's no regulation with that globe. 
So you could have stuff coming out of that glove leaching into your food. You just you just don't know. Yeah, and they can be using aluminum cookware also because that's、mm-hmm. very cheap. It's lightweight. It can be disposable, and so I think that's really a, a big issue as well as all that、mm-hmm. aluminum, aluminum leaching into your food. And so let's talk about some of, some of the most problematic hormone disrupting chemicals because I think there's so many. People, so many women in menopause, so many people with thyroid issues,、uh, stress hormone issues,、uh, sex hormone issues,、uh, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and people are just—they're、uh, just hormonally a mess, and they just—they don't know why.、Uh, and they, this is something women start thinking about when they go into menopause, typically.、Mm-hmm. But women are having a lot of issues. When, girls are having menstruation much earlier. People、mm-hmm. are having a lot of menstruation issues. And then they're also having a lot of perimenopause menstruation issues, or going into menopause early. I mean, there's not, there's not. Our hormones are a wreck. What is going on? A lot of research have been pointing to the chemicals that we're actually being exposed to, namely the ones that we're actually currently testing. We have a ton of research on BPA. So BPA is like the poster child of hormone disrupting chemicals. And if you think about it, like how our hormone works is, you know, they work as a symphony, like an orchestra. And if you have like a one key out of sync, that kind of have this whole salute of issues. Like it will triggering, keep triggering down. And hormone works in such like tiny, tiny quantities. Like we literally measure these chemicals like exposures in nanograms. That's like you can barely even see it, like you know, with your eyes. So we're talking about like a one drop of water in like twenty five Olympic size swimming pools. That's like how much it requires, like, for the hormone to actually make an action and then cause an impact on your body. So you're like, you definitely don't want to mess with your hormones. And I think that's one concept people don't really grasp, like how tiny, re- like just this little tiny a bit, like requires to cause an impact. And if you think about how much. These hormone disruptor chemicals that we're getting exposed to day in and day out. If you don't eliminate these exposures, you just don't know. Like you might not feel it the next day how these things are impacting you, but oh, because this repeated day in and day out exposure, you just don't know when your cup's gonna get full. And then by the time you started feeling that you have this hormone imbalance or other issues like fertility issues and other issues, and it's just a little bit, it's it's getting your cup is getting too full. Yeah, what are some of these symptoms of hormone balance? I mean, we know weight gain. I mean, a lot of people struggle with their weight, resistant weight loss, getting、uh, fatter and fatter. They don't understand why. They're like, my diet is normal, and I think this this plays into the the obesity epidemic. It's not just the food、yep. that we're we're、Absolutely. eating. It's not even close. It's not that. It's not as simple as just going on a low carb diet. It's it, and people just want to look at their diet. It's much more complex than that. Yes, so we actually call these hormone disruptors also obesogens,、um, as well as diabetogens, because they're associated with with obesity as well as diabetes. And the reason is because this hormone cascade, when it comes in, it messes with your like your hormones that governs your you know your satiety, like how you get full and then how you get hungry, and also messes with your cortisols and all these things. And then they just like work as a mesh. So. So that's how they impact. And then, if you have extra exposures, people might be eating more, or you might not be digesting what you're eating well. So then, that causes all the weight gains. 
Yes. Yeah. And what, let's talk about fertility because there are some shocking statistics on fertility these days. One in four couples are having a challenge mm-hmm. getting pregnant or maintaining and carrying a pregnancy. Can you give us some information about that? Some statistics, uh, some statistics and, um, and what's going on there? What's the problem? Oh, one biggest thing besides like, you know, uh, one in four, one in eight couple experiencing uh, infertility is also we have seen our the sperm quality has been decreasing like crazy. Um, I think it's like over, over, we have like in the last like 10 years, like sperm quality, sperm count has decreased more than half. Mm-hmm. So um, if you think about it, and then if you think about how these hormone works, like for example, phthalates, phthalates actually um, blocks testosterone. Um, so we particularly impact on male and male babies. Um, and then if you think about the exposure from phthalates, it's a lot of time, it's, it's a major plasticizer. There are two kinds of phthalates. One is called whole, low molecular weight phthalate. Another one is like high molecular weight phthalate. So high molecular weight is usually using plastic. It makes plastic like flexible. So think about your serum wrap, think about like a coating, um, and then think about any plastic stuff that you use. They could have a ton of phthalates in it. Some research have shown that certain plastic um, products can contain up to 80% phthalates or BPA by weight. So it's really, really important to avoid that. And then phthalates are also being used in personal care products. So think about fragrance, like in a lot of personal care products, that is what makes that fragrance stick onto your body for a lot longer. That's a long lasting thing. And, and there are like more than just phthalates in fragrance. So one strategy is we tell people, okay, Whenever you shop for a personal care product of, or household cleaning product or any product, avoid fragrance because you just don't know what's putting it. And most of the time, if you see fragrance on your ingredient label, most likely it will have phthalates in it. Yeah. And then let's talk about some of the other symptoms of hormone imbalance. What's, uh, you know, what can people, what should people be looking for when they have hormone imbalance? Oh, <laughs> A ton. So besides your weight gain, um, there could be women could have irregular period that could be partially hormone imbalance and you could feel tired, fatigue, you name it, um, being stressed out, um, thinning of your scalp hair, yeah, skin issues. All of these are could be contributed by hormone balance. Yeah. And so I think, so that's beauty ladies. I <laughs> like, it's just affecting how you look. It's not just uh, your weight as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, exactly the, the mechanism, like how these EDCs or endocrine disrupting chemicals um, hijack your hormones. So if you think about, if you think about how hormone works, they kind of work in lock and keys. So like a one log have to put in the key. So when these hormone disruptor comes in, they just make this dismatch. So then your hormone have this lock and key. It wouldn't put in the lock and key. So it could be a receptor issue. It could also be blocking it. So it could also be sending them because think about hormone is like your messaging system in your body, right? So it could be missed messages or could be the translation of the messages. And then these hormone disruptor can also influence your epigenetics, meaning that before your before your molecule, your protein, everything gets made, it's already changing before that happens. So then this makes your gene expression, what you make this protein also inaccurate. So there are like probably the research have shown there are like almost like 10 different ways these hormone disruptor can influence our hormone signals and then expressing of the downstream. 
Um, so just depending on yourself and then also depending on what kind of like hormone disruptors, that could be multiple ways of impacting the downstream. Yeah. And, it, and it's frightening because our hormones control so much going on in our body, our thyroid hormones, our sex hormones, our stress <laughs> hormones. And so, and this just, it has this huge cascade effect on your body. When your thyroid's not working, you're going to have depression <laughs> and anxiety and weight gain and, and other issues. Uh, you can have problems with pregnancy. Your thyroid has to be working to have a healthy baby. Yep. Uh, your stress hormones. So many people have adrenal fatigue or they have low cortisol, low epinephrine, those low get up and go hormones. You wake up in the morning feeling like a train wreck. You're just not motivated, you know, um, or you feel like you feel like you've been hit by a train rather. <laughs> you wake up like a train wreck too. Um, but, uh, you know, not to mention the, the sex hormones, your libido's in the trash. <laughs> so you just, your relationships suffer. I mean, this has this huge domino effect and people just blame themselves or they blame, um, they blame they're getting older or they blame their diet. And, and what I'm, my big passion with, you know, communicating this message to people about the importance of detoxification is there are so many things going on with you that are related to toxins, not some innate problem with you or your genetics. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, if you think about your innate genetics and other things, those are actually like harder to fix or some, some of them you can't even fix, right? Your genetic, you can't change, but actually detoxing is like such an active way for making yourself feel better. And, and then it's, there's also this whole prevention aspect. And it's actually, if you put effort to it, it's actually not hard. It's actually easy compared to other things that you have to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some of the common ways we can reduce our exposure to these, these, you know, EDCs or this endocrine disrupting chemicals? So um, BPA, if you think about how to reduce these, just you, we need to think about the sources, where they're coming from, and then you mainly want to eliminate the source. So um, BPA are usually used coding thermal receipts. So, you know, if you have a, a habit of uh, taking receipts and touching receipts, uh, make sure you have your receipt emailed to you instead of touching it. Uh, because touching it will will expose you to um, these bisphenols, and also be wary of you know product label to say BPA free, because BPA we know that thanks to the conscious mothers that we got BPA banned in baby product, but that doesn't mean BPA is not used in other products. And also, even when a manufacturer say BPA free, it doesn't mean other BPA free because what manufacturers have gotten smarter is once BPA is banned, we started putting BPS, BPF. These are the common ones. Now there's BPAF. There are, you can literally swap a letter and you can have any combination from BPA all the way to BPZ. And many of these alternative chemicals are way more toxic than BPA. So BPS is more toxic and BPAF is super toxic. And those are not labeled anywhere. And even for BPA that's labeled, we actually have no compliance. It's completely up to the manufacturer to label. There's nobody there to actually check, you know, do a testing or to check whether, okay, if this product is actually BPA free. Even in the EU that there is a BPA ban, um, I think the, the, the policy is if you have less than 0.05 milligram per kilogram of BPA in your product, that's considering free. That's similar as kind of like our trans fat free label even though that's regulated, but point of, 
point five, that doesn't mean it's none, right? So if you consume a lot of it, you will still have that exposure. So that's where BPA is from. That's one of the major source. And the second is a、uh, canned food or canned drinks. So don't be again. Don't be fooled. Many people think about canned food. Okay, if I don't eat that canned beans, I wouldn't have the exposure. But actually, any soda cans could also have BPA coating. So anything canned.、Um, I know people like、uh, carbonated water. So for that, Soda Stream is a better option.、Uh, or just drink regular water. That's a better option than drinking that canned carbonated water. So that's、yeah. for that's that's for BPA. Yeah, glass people, you need to start using glass. Glass to store your food. I used to order food from this food service. It was organic food, and they deliver it in glass. It was just that's、amazing. so good. It was so amazing. I just love that. And you want to work with companies that really care about their consumers' health. That are using glass, buying things in glass bottles, glass in、uh, you know water in glass, carbonated water in glass, whatever your the deal is. Absolutely, and then for that you can also、uh, because I mentioned that a lot of these chemicals are kind of they have common sources.、Um, by eating in glass, you can also avoid quite a bit of phthalates. So for phthalates, one is used as plasticizers. So、um, make sure in your kitchen, yeah, you use glass Tupperware.、Uh, ditch the saran wrap if you want to microwave something in the、uh, in the in microwave something and use you know use a plate to cover instead of a saran wrap. Uh, or use a bee wax wrap.、Um, one is more sustainable, and then second, you avoided all these exposures already.、Um, and phthalates is also again, it's in personal care product. Definitely avoid fragrance.、Um, also, pay attention on supplements because certain supplements still the capsule of the supplement sometimes still use phthalates as a capsule coating. So、um, make sure you read your labels, and then making sure that your capsule is made of vegetarian cellulose rather than any other unknown chemical,、um, so that you can avoid phthalates that way. And paraben is the same thing. Make sure you read the you read the labels. One area with paraben we have not seen there's much change is the over the counter、uh, creams ornaments. So、um, we have. Users like use these hydrocortisone cream for eczema or for rash or for allergy.、Um, that's one place we have not seen kind of like a clean cream. They all, all almost across the board, they always have paraben in it. In that case, if you have to use it, make sure you use it sparingly, not all the time. And then also still read your label because not all parabens are created equal. There are four kinds of parabens, starting from methyl, ethyl, propyl, and butyl. So, the longer the chain, the more toxic the paraben is. So, butyl paraben is way more toxic than methyl paraben. So, when you choose that, you know, over-the-counter cream, if you can't avoid the paraben, if that, if two product ones labeled methyl, ones labeled butyl, go with the methyl because that's way less toxic than the, the butyl.、Oh, right. um, and the last one, yeah, and the last. Oh, and also with paraben is um, this is another way of like why we want to avoid packaged food is uh. Uh, paraben many times is also used as preservatives in packaged food. It's not even labeled as paraben; it's labeled as、uh, hydroxybenzoic acid. So, so if you like, nobody is like trained as chemists. If you don't know that, then you just get that exposure without even knowing about it. So that's another reason why we want to avoid the packaged food.、Um, and the last one, a really common one, is a chemical UV blocker. So, ox.、Um, 
oxybenzone and also benzophenol, and those are commonly used as a, a homosalate. Those are usually used as common, like chemical-based UV blockers. So try to choose a mineral-based rather than chemical-based. And not only you're saving yourself on this exposure, you're also saving the coral reefs. You're saving the planet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing where people, they just don't realize they think they're protecting their skin and protecting from skin cancer when they actually need the sun, you know, they need the sun to be healthy and then they're putting all these toxic chemicals in their skin. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. The kind of bill of goods that we've been sold when it comes to beauty and health in regard to our mm-hmm. beauty products. Yeah. And then, uh, and some of the, 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 the easiest thing you can do is just avoid fragrance and, and right. cleaning That's products. Cleaning products, beauty products, it, it perfumes, et cetera, fragrances, just that right there um, is uh, one of your number one rules that you should have. Yeah, even uh, we even have people ask about uh, natural fragrance, right? Like uh, people using essential oil. Uh, many times, it's obviously, essential oil is not regulated. Uh, one thing, if you are a big user of essential oils, I would definitely first thing look for is that to make sure it's uh, organic because at least there is some regulation there. Because for essential oil, you still don't really know if they're naturally sourced or they're actually synthetically made. And whenever that's even naturally sourced, many times there could be contamination because you don't know in a distilling process, are they actually using food grade equipment or they're actually using plastic, like based equipment, right? So if you think about it, like you have this high heat for distilling and if you use plastic components, then all those chemicals will be just leaching into your this beautiful essential oil that you would get exposed to that you think you're doing something good but you're actually like exposing yourself to more things so pay attention to that um if you don't know a lot i would just avoid fragrance at all time even if they're saying that it's natural fragrance you still don't know and what about the issues of the fragrance-free products? There's a lot of like conventional laundry detergents and things that say fragrance-free. And you think that, you know, uh, that, what, what's going on with that? So fragrance-free is better than not fragrance-free, obviously. Um, one thing to look out, watch out for is uh, scent. So many products will label unscent, unscented. But unscented is actually a scent. So don't be fooled by that. It's actually a scent and they actually have, um, uh, have could have phthalates in it. Um, manufacturer have gone smarter to use like uh, words like aroma rather than like fragrance. So uh, make sure you catch those. Um, so definitely go with no fragrance. Um, that's I think that's like the, the best choice. Yeah, because they just use these uh, scents to kind of neutralize the the putrid smell of the the chemicals in the product. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe yeah, it doesn't smell like lavender. So it might not just smell like uh, not smell like lavender, but it doesn't smell like chemicals either. So that's what they're trying to do there. And so let's talk a little bit about the the test again, the million marker test. Um, so how do people go about uh, getting a test? What does that look like? And uh, what is your website? So people can simply order from our website. Um, the reason we wanted to do a direct-to-consumer test is uh, so everyone have access to it. Uh, people can simply go to our website, just www.milliammarker.com. Um, and you can simply purchase a test. We do ask you to complete an exposure journal before you submit your test, because this way we can personalize your report. 
uh, you can you can also just know your results and then get a test only um just getting the le- getting your levels without the personalized feedback but i think this is what people are actually like getting the biggest bang for their bucks is we spend a lot of time to actually audit your product um, because we're wanted to pinpoint, give you this personalized report, letting you know where are your potential sources of exposure. So you can then either you need to change your lifestyle, touching less receipt or changing your Tupperware or doing any of these things, but also any of the product that you're using, we will audit not only the chemicals that we're testing, but any other problematic chemicals that we have seen in the literature have an impact on your health. We let you know. So then the next time you buy a product, you can buy a better one. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I love that the app that you have, and you can use the app without even taking the test, correct? So we initially wanted to offer that, but we also felt that it's not changed yet on the website, but that's we felt that's still not good enough compared to testing. Of course so not. ideally of course you not. can do the testing and then also have the have your lifestyle audited. Okay. Yeah. So that the app, you kind of can audit your lifestyle is essentially what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. So the app is basically like a journal allowing people to easily document because um, when we first started, we literally have like a long survey on the web, having people to fill it out, but snapping a photo is a lot easier. So using the app, you can simply snap a photo and then upload it to the app. And then we'll be able to audit based on, based on uh, the photos that you send mm-hmm. uh, because product formulation changes all the time too. So um, unless we know exactly what's in your product, uh, we can't, it's really hard to pinpoint like what's going on. Okay. Fantastic. And so, so you can mail in a test, it's a urine test. And then how long does it take to get your results? Right now we say four to eight weeks, but we're trying to deliver less than four weeks. Um, The reason being is uh, um, we um, we have to batch process all the tests. So there's a bit of like a delay. There could be a bit of the delay there. And I will also do all the auditing. Uh, right now, it's still, this process is fairly manual. Okay, great. Yeah, and so any, anything else that we've left out of this conversation or anything you wanted to add? One thing I want to add is uh, also, um, you know, we talked a lot about the transient chemicals, uh, everything we test and everything I just said to ask people to avoid these are transient chemicals. So I definitely want people to pay attention on also persistent chemicals. Um, the PFAS, a lot of a huge part of our exposure besides plastic is uh, uh, through our water source. So I would highly recommend people to get a reverse osmosis water filter at home. Um, if you have the ability of having a filtration system for your entire house, great. But uh, but minimally, if you can, um, get a get a water filter in your kitchen because we do drink a lot of water, and water actually helps with detoxing. You want to make sure you actually are hydrated. <laughs> um, so that's one of the recommendations I would make. Um, even though we don't test for that, um, but that's something that people should be yes. looking out for. Yeah. I mean, water is one of the top sources of contamination. So it's uh, <laughs> super, super important. Well, uh, Dr. Howell, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and guys check out millionmarker.com uh, to take your test. And, you know, and you want to look at this stuff because I think people are shocked when they see the the levels of chemicals that they had, they not expecting it. And then it really can push someone to action when they actually see real results in their hands. 
and they have some actual data, it can push them to make uh, better choices and in, in realizing the stuff that they're using is maybe not as green uh, as they thought or not as healthy as they thought. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, and everyone, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Uh, thanks for tuning in every week. It's just, it's such a joy to be able to do this every week and bring you guys all these experts from around the world. Cause I know that by, you know, educating you on detoxification, it's going to help you to take action, to remove these toxins from your body and dramatically improve your life. Like I've been able to do with mine and the thousands of clients that I work with. And so I really want that for you. I really want you to add detox to your daily health regimen. And it's, I think that's the key to a longer, healthier medication, disease-free life. And that's why I, I do this, uh, do what I do every week. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.